0: Jesus said, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Welcome to the Evangelia Show. Hear life changing testimonies from our paradise Cook Islands with your host, Mania Clark Mamanu.
1: Welcome back to the Evangelia Show. I'm really pleased about my next guest, her name is Tuvaine. Ebitzu, loves the Lord passionately and um, I'm so pleased to have you with us today.
0: Thank you for having me, Mania. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, More so to share the Jesus that I know with others. Amen. So thank you.
1: Which islands are you from? Where were you brought up?
0: Okay, um, I hail from, I was born here in Rarotonga. Um, but I can say through my parents, I hail from the islands of um, Mangaia as well and Mauke. I've lived here all my life, so I'm 64, so I can say I've never really you know, found the desire, although there were times where I thought growing up probably that um, I wanted to leave this place, um, but I think the Lord had uh, better plans for me, And I am so glad and I can honestly say all my 64 years I've spent here. I've seen many things uh, over the years um, that have happened and um, just so many things which God has opened my eyes to see how much and how beautiful this place is. I really do love this country with all my heart Mm. and there is no other place for me that I can call home other than this place here. I love it so much and I'm also so glad that all my children live here, so that means all my grandchildren are here as well. well
1: so. Tell us about your family.
0: My dad's name is um, Tangikapi, my mum is Noopoti and she hails from the island of Mauke. Um, but mum's been gone now, um, 23 years um, now, and my dad is still alive and he will be 85 November this year. Wow. Yeah, he's also the putapere, which means he's the the leader of our village. But I grew up in town in the village of Rotonga, which is um, on the um, seafront side in Avachu. Yeah, so that's Mm. where my childhood days were spent uh, up until I got married. Then I moved and built my house in Niko. So Niko's been home since 87 when I moved into my house. Tell us about your family, your husband, your children Yes um, I am married to um, Ian Ibbotson, he's of Canadian And English um, heritage And um, We have been married for 37 years um, And we have Two daughters together Michelle and Michaela But I also have a son from a previous Relationship But he um, died To suicide And he left me with Our son who was 20 months old at the time so yeah I've um, raised my son um, with the help of my parents anyway now apart from my son um, we also my husband and I um, I was already looking after a um, a raising my nephew who was my younger sister's son Mm -hmm. so I raised him since birth and then with my husband we also raised her second child a daughter at three months old mm. so in all we have raised um, and looked after five children oh, no. together now from our own two um, children I have um, four grandchildren I have a grandson and a granddaughter to my son and for my daughter I have two granddaughters both my grand um, daughters were born on the same day and they were also born on Mother's Day weekend These are some of the things I see, um, the blessings that Mm. God blesses me with. Um, My daughter's uh, daughter was born in the morning, and my son had her daughter in the afternoon. Beautiful. So these two celebrate their birthdays every year together, and they're both 14 now, and at college.
1: Was um, faith a part of your upbringing?
0: Yes, it was, definitely. Um, I've got family, pamitours that were oramitours. Uh, My grandfather and grandmother were deacons of our church and, you know, when they retired, they became elders. My father and mother were deacons of our church as well. Um, Now that mum's passed on, um, I think the policy in the church, um, you become retired, so you're an elder. So my dad is an elder today, but we are all still very active. So, yes, we grew up with um, faith, um, you know, the church being very much a part of our lives. To the extent where... You know when you force something upon someone, but, and I think that's what drove me in the end to finding Jesus. Um, you know we everything church in our home, from morning till night. You know the devotions, the prayers, the Bible studies, the you name it. We were part of the Sunday school, um, the church, and then church was like um, uh, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Sunday morning all day, so you had the early morning um, something which I still carry on today um, now that I'm loving it, it was different when I was growing up and all these things were post, uh, forced upon us so Sunday would be like you had the early morning, then you had the main service then you had the evening one and then we also had what we called an Uopo. these were held at each, um, each tapere in Avaroa had a meeting house so there so by the time we got home it was just for me you know if i'm talking about my human side it was exhausting
1: and i suppose the the crucial part is that connection with jesus himself well
0: i always thought and to be honest you know i actually thought i was saved Mm. um you know but like i said as a young child you know you learned we knew Memory verses, when you Bible that we were just so excited. It's different feelings when you're a child. You know, you accept everything that's given to you. You um, had but, no choice. Yeah, but as you got older, you know, especially as we're getting into our teens, one reason why I've never really liked sharing my personal testimony because, you know, I looked at my parents and my forefathers and those before them as pillars in our church. You no, know, we grew up, we had no choice Uh, About it and that was fine, but what I couldn't understand was the beatings that we got Um, You know, I always thought um, I know this is emotional for me That abuse was Very much a part of life. It was normal You know, I've seen my mum Being beaten And you know as a child that's hard. You felt defenseless and helpless and there was nothing you could do about it. And I used to wonder, you know, they were deacons, We went to church every day and I am told that God is a God of love and you question these things and your heart, I suppose, hardens. I wonder why. If he was, Why are we going through this? Why do we suffer like this? So it's these sort of things that I'm saying and and I do believe this is not only my story there are other people out there that can relate to the same story so this is why for me sharing this it's kind of hard, it's still very raw for me you know when I think about because I've seen today and even today the effects that it's had on my siblings today And that's the sad part about it. I've already lost a brother and a sister. A sister died about two years ago. A brother last year. And like I said, we grew up knowing about God, going to church every day, and our parents being, you know, deacons and things of the church, but. little did they know what it was doing to us I think um, not just spiritually but physically and it's these things that we question and that is what I believe Uh, thank God as I was saying um, I thank God because it was through all this hardship and, you know, I'm not proud of the thoughts that were going in my head during that time. I mean, there were thoughts of, you know, what was the purpose of living? If this is what living is all about. Mm -hmm. And my heart would um, cry for just all that we had to suffer, um, especially my brothers. I really, really felt for my brothers.
1: Because you were beaten?
0: And I don't mean, you know, just it was real... uh, That's why I said I I always thought that abuse was a normal part of life because we grew up like that. And so when you think about, you know, taking us to church and all these things, you know, how our hearts had hardened. I speak for myself, but I'm not surprised about my siblings as well. And um, for me, the turning point was... um, we had this couple at um, when I was in college, um, Phil and Nolene Raffles, a beautiful Christian couple. You know, I've always had this thing where we say that when you have Jesus, he reflects in you. And it was just obvious that these two, and um, they would run these Bible classes um, during our lunch break at college. And I remember um, following a friend one day, and I went to one of these classes, and I was given this Bible tract. And when I read it, and I still remember John three sixteen, it really, really hit home to me. I realized that all this going to church, everything that our parents had taken us through, was not going to save me. And that I was doomed, you know. I was actually really, really afraid of dying. And then we know that John 3 16 tells us for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I realized that it wasn't about going to church and that there was Something there for me that Jesus was willing to give because he died on that cross for me, and through this coming to this Bible um study, you know we got I got to know more about Jesus, I got to know more about what he offers me and what he can give me and how I could be saved, and you know growing up in our home, it is hard to um just go anywhere other than church and wherever we were supposed to be, you know. Bible class studies and all that sort of thing you couldn't go anywhere somehow there was an invitation that night to come to a prayer meeting where they would be to present the gospel and I don't know but I believe it was the work of the Holy Spirit that guided myself and the two siblings that I lost to that place that night and when the call came for us to come up those who wanted to give their lives for Jesus. We went up and I tell you the um for me, I speak from my own experience, it was just so how do you describe it? Um I could just feel this um, you know, warmth sweep Mm -hmm. over me. It was just so dynamic that, you know, um just Just my whole being, the whole being just lifted me up and I could just feel the presence, the Holy Spirit come upon me. And I remember also hugging my brother, my sister. We were crying and I just, you know, it wasn't just tears, it was actually really breaking down, crying, and realizing what had just happened to us. Um, You know, and receiving Jesus Christ into our hearts And then it was then, you know um, It made life bearable Mm. I mean, but it didn't mean that we weren't suffering We still were That was still going on But it made it bearable Right You know, um, so it didn't matter what was happening We knew that God was there for us
1: Could you continue in your, to grow with them or, or did you just Come back into church life Family life <sighs> with the
0: family Continued, came back into um, But that's what it It had meaning now They yeah. understood that You know like I said before um, Going to church and doing all the things just Which I thought was yeah, That I was saved
1: What did your parents and family Think about what had happened Did you share what no.
0: had happened No, because I believe I <laughs> You know, my dad is older than us and I don't think and everybody would and it's just sad to say and I do feel that in the church a lot of us, you can be the oramitua you can be a deacon you can be, you know, a um, what's the word, a leader within the church but if you don't have Jesus in your heart if you not have not accepted him and turned away or asked for forgiveness repented of your sins you are not saved but do we know that? Have we been taught that? I would say, no, I haven't really been and even no, you, And even if I was, I didn't understand it. When we became Ekailesia, a member of the Ekailesia again, I would have been a young child, about maybe 12, 13. All I remember in this particular, what we call Teretere, where we go from one church to another. And um, you know, we get up, we say these memory verses, but verses which were given to me to learn off by heart. Oh. So basically it was not my thoughts. Um, So I didn't understand these things But I do remember someone asking me Do you want to follow Jesus? And I said yes But I didn't understand why people clapped You know, I didn't understand But what I didn't realise was By my saying yes I was going to go through some counselling Some training, some teaching To become an Eka A member of the church Mm -hmm. So there um, again Did I really understand that? No not about Jesus no. and what He done on no. the cross for you. No. And giving your life to Yeah, him. exactly. Mm. So this is something where I am passionate about today, to make sure that we understand, that our children understand, that the people we share the gospel with understand. It isn't all about just coming to church. You know, we may How go through... was
1: that received? Um, is
0: there
1: a resistance or is there a receiving? There will be.
0: There will be because they are not, you know... Where a lot of us, you know, like me, think that we were saved um, because we go to church, you know, we do all this, we go to Sunday school, we send our kids. But if you don't have Jesus, if you have not accepted Jesus, if you have not been born again, then sorry to say. Right. Yeah.
1: So you have this experience. You go back and you go back to family life, but you're growing up now. Yeah. How are you able to walk out this faith? That you have with Jesus, or as things, do you have faced challenges?
0: I um, when I lost my uh, fiance at the time, uh, that's my son's dad. Mm. Um, that was one of my down moments too. You know, I uh, questioned God as to why this happened, but I also felt His presence with me. I went through. Um, During the week, um, because he basically came back from, he was studying overseas Like he was here on a Friday and then I was burying him the next Friday But I went through some challenges and you know, when we talk about um, spiritual warfare And the Satan and his demons, that is so real, Mm. that is so true Um, When we understand the word of God and learn about these things you face some challenges? Oh very much so um, and there were questions where I questioned and I couldn't answer them, and I didn't know why this was happening. Um, but you know, it was like when I was with him, trying to help him to come out. It was like two personalities. It was like oh, really? you know, I was dealing with something else it wasn't at the his same normal time. Self. No.
1: Did something happen? Do you believe that made that? Probably, or was bec- always that way? no,
0: no. Um, but he was in Fiji for a year when he came back.
1: And things changed. Has yes, personality changed. You know,
0: um, we talk about these things where, um, in the local language, they say "makitupa uh, poko." Yeah, yeah, these kind of things. Yeah. But you know, um, if you haven't studied the word or don't understand those things, but there were things that happened during the, the challenges that I had to face during that time. Was I don't know. You know, it was like I was fighting something there.
1: Could you get any help?
0: No, I didn't. And um, I didn't really want... I didn't know, you know, other than, like, to God. But, like I said, you know, Satan was doing his work, yeah. working on me. Because I was, like... fulling you with doubts yes. and And I suppose, what's the word? Um, vulnerable. Yeah. But I just felt that, you know, I was basically on my own. I didn't know, you know, who How I could talk, talk to. Him. Um... But I do know, like, when he arrived um, back from um, Fiji that morning, um, because we lived at home with my um, parents when we had our child, our son. But as soon as he landed, um, his whole personality was different. Wow. And I knew through the conversations that we had on the phone when he called was different. Wow. Um, just everything was different. Um, So when he arrived home he insisted that he wanted to go back to his home he wanted to stay there but i said um you know i didn't want to bring our child up there that you know because with my parents and um but i do remember um being there with him during those moments and he said to me um actually i remember that one particular that particular night first night home oh you know he'd disappear and then i'd hear this running he was just trying to commit suicide, but I don't know why I could not see that. What was wrong with him? You know, he was telling me things like he had somewhere to go. I didn't know what that meant.
1: And those voices, yeah, they? I mean that's, that's not God.
0: No, that's, that's not God. The round, it is, but you see, I wasn't aware of that. Right. And the challenge is that when that's why I say God is so good when I look back and reflect on. Reflect on the things that he had done in my life You know, he was always there It was just a matter of returning to him mm. Asking him um, Yeah, so I went through this like a whole week of it um, He was just like ripping out um, The electrical wiring wow. Just trying to kill oh, wow! And um, so I think what was there So this happened, he came Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday I couldn't handle it anymore because I wasn't really getting the help from his family. Or your own? Yeah. Yeah, well I didn't tell my parents. Right. I never told my parents about it. I kept it to myself. They had my baby, and I thought that was enough for them to keep, But yeah. so I went through this. But by Monday, I couldn't take it anymore, so I rang my dad, and I said to my dad, look, I really need help. I said, could you come help me? I said, I need to take him to the doctor to have a lot because the final straw for me was, he, you know, next thing I knew he was on top of the house he just throwing himself that he would land oh, on his head so um, yeah, so we were admitted we were in hospital on Monday and I felt for his friends you know, those that were there with him and training and in, in um, Fiji at the time with him, that come visit him and that was in December and I was looking towards Christmas But I felt that when I was with him, he was strong. But you know, sometimes nature calls, we have to go to the bathroom. And it's like when I leave him, something else comes, you know. That was Satan all along, but I only knew that later. Mm. Um, Yeah, because when I came, he was withdrawn into himself again. He was just not himself. Mm. And um, just all sorts of things happening there. Um, And um, that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday, you know, I woke up and I remember waking up um, that morning. It was like his old self had come back because I remember kissing me on the cheek and and he was telling me that we were gonna get out of the hospital before Christmas. And I was so happy. But little did I know that, you know, Satan, the greatest deceiver of all, was doing his thing again and because um, usually my uh, father-in-law and I would you know on the route and watching him in the hospital so that's where I lived for the last uh, week um, up there with him because he couldn't go out, take him to the bathroom get him washed and all that and bring him back and um, you know one other thing I remember on Thursday morning he asked that he wanted to oh, when I gave him his evening bath he wanted to wear trousers, he had jeans, on shirts, because he was just usually in a party, and a segment And then he said, told his dad that he was fine and that you know he needed to go home. So I think the whole idea was just to Get have me, people away, yeah, and have me alone there with him. Um, so yeah, and even the way he said goodbye. Um, this was Thursday night, because he was gone Friday. To everybody, um, you know, he hugged everybody. Usually, it would be just from his bed. He was just too weak to walk outside, but he insisted that he would go outside and say goodbye to everybody there. And it was really emotional, but more so when it came to our son. He broke down and he cried and was hugging him, and um, so you know everybody believed that he was fine, and so the dad went home. So it was just the two of us together but you know the conversation at the time I believe was life without him but I don't know why I you know people say like probably why couldn't you see the signs mm, I couldn't see yourself. I couldn't see it I couldn't see him as I just started think maybe he was, he was having an affair you know, I, that's how I thought of because he see, kept talking about he had to go, he had to go, and I didn't know. And I'd ask him like, where were you going? Where are you going? But at the same time, and I remember um, when he said goodbye, and we had a motorbike and running around. But something happened there when he said, um, you know, could we go for a ride? I almost gave in until he said it could be my last ride. And then I just felt like, you know, this feeling cold. of cold and yeah, goosebumps. Like and I knew that this wasn't... Yeah. yeah. And it was hard, you know, honestly, it was really hard for me to get him back inside. Um, so I went back inside. And as we got back inside, then I could feel deep sleep come over me. I couldn't keep my eyes open. I just couldn't keep my eyes open. But, you know, like I said, when I look at how Satan, what he does... <sighs> To deceive us um, And then I must have dozed off But that would have been like a.m. in the morning But I do remember waking up all of a sudden And not, um, you know It was just like the stillness of the night So sometimes I look at back like, you know I've watched horror movies But I do believe sometimes That I actually lived through a horror movie myself um, But I do remember getting up Couldn't find him on the beat oh. Yeah, I couldn't find him and then I um, went out to the reception. Couldn't find anybody. The whole hospital was silent, it was quiet, it was deadly quiet. Is,
1: it, is there normally someone there? Or yes, what time of the know, day or night was it? Like,
0: oh, well it would have been after midnight. Oh, okay. no, but nurses are supposed to be on their post. I couldn't find anyone. I couldn't use the phone. The phone was set up somehow dead. There was no tone. Oh gosh. Yeah, so all these things were happening to me within that one early hours of the morning. And I don't know, somehow, I um, kind of visioned where, you know, I looked down towards the the trees down. So, you know, the hospital's up here. And you know, I'll tell you one thing though, I do know I was not afraid at all. Mm. So I would have been, I ran through the whole hospital um, I couldn't find anybody in the surgery, surgical ward Up in the reception up the front Couldn't find anyone at all So I think, to be honest, I could have been the only one awake In that whole hospital
1: Everyone but had gone ahead and sleep
0: It was meant to be, I think Because, um, you know, when I look at it The night that was chosen for the seven was the house um, It was their Christmas party night the night before Oh, okay. yeah so it was just the right night It was just the right timing But you know, that's, like I said, whatever Satan had in mind He got what he wanted um, But I'm glad God was there watching over me And I know he was cause So I did
1: you find your husband?
0: Um, yeah, but like I said, after running down in the dark I couldn't see Came back up and running up on top, further up the hill I couldn't find anybody through the whole. So I, I think I went to the phone about three or four times I still couldn't get it to read to And so um, the fourth time I tried, two of the nurses, they were actually underneath the table. You know, the front desk was a covered one. They were underneath it, fast asleep. They woke up then. But you know, I believe um, they were meant to wake up then because it was probably too late then. Um, So um, what I did find though, after coming back and looking around in our room, I noticed the bed sheet was gone one, well, you know, how you have the bed up those, okay. and then you have a sheet on top, and that was missing. Okay. So I gathered because he did try to hang himself once when he came back. I just assumed that, you know, maybe he had gone there. But you know, when I think about how I was running, I was probably running underneath that tree all the time, but not knowing, couldn't see um, because it was dark. Okay. And then um, I asked them. I said, you know, I wanted to go home, to get my dad. To go and get my parents, but they stopped me from going on the motorbike and took me home Mm. on the ambulance. So you
1: still hadn't seen him.
0: No, but I told them if we could go. But I think everybody was too scared to go down in the dark. Yeah. So um, I mean, I don't blame. Even today, I don't know. You know, I had some family say, "Oh, you're gonna suit them." I said, "No." No. That was this was bigger than me. I didn't know what it was at the time. So I got my dad. And my dad came up and helped me. Um, and where I was running, my mum was somewhere, and my dad, I just heard my dad's voice cry out. So I just ran towards the voice, and I remember hitting into his legs. And I think that's where my whole world crumbled in. Um, I just broke, I lost it after that. And uh, yeah, so that was um, the incident with this. So it was during these moments that I think and during the years after that, I backslid. But like I said, when I'd come back to to God again and I knew that all the time, he had never left me. He was always there. But I couldn't see through all the pain, I suppose. one other thing um, which, um, you know, explains to me, it had to be because I had um, track pants on, my dad had his jeans on, my mum, you know, all our clothes on the bottom of it was filled with those, what we call the pity piri, the weeds outside, okay. but he didn't have one on his, his feet, you know, because, kind of losing the plot, I was like looking at him, examining him from head to toe and um, looking up to my mom and asking her why. And then prior to all this happening when he was in Australia, I had a dream, a vision. And it came back to me that morning. That vision was what I had seen that was going to happen in the future, that hadn't happened yet. I remember I had this um, really bad dream. I remember seeing my son on this tree, hanging from this tree And I shared this dream The reason why it was so vivid And it really troubled me Was because, you know, seeing my son there On this tree, hanging from this tree And I was thinking and then, What woke me up was the cry of the rooster And I remember waking up But it was really, really vivid in my mind So I went to my mum And usually I share things that, you know I don't understand why I said to her I had this dream and I explained it to her and I said, what do you think it means, Mum? So I remember her saying, sometimes what we see the picture that is shown to us is not that person that you see but what it means, her explanation was, was somebody close to me
1: Some foresight foreboding about what's going to happen
0: So that's how she explained it to me She goes, it doesn't necessarily mean who you saw in the picture is what you know uh, she said it could also mean someone really close to you that you could lose so at that moment when I was like checking him didn't realize my mum was thinking the same thing because I looked up to her and then you know I was like really burnt. I said to her mum this is what I dreamed wasn't it and because she was crying she just shook her head so these things, you know, um, the battles that we have, and we face them every day. I see those challenges today in our lives, but we have to know, um, you know, with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, He helps us discern the evil from the good, mm-hmm. and the Word of God um, guides us as to what we should do. Mm-hmm. So I am. Um, so that was one incident there with. Um, but I've had many challenges And I think because of my vulnerability at the time I, I don't know I just eventually started losing um, my grip on God mm. And I black, backslid for a moment um, You know, went back and did things that I wasn't mm. supposed to be doing And I don't know, I relying on my own um, sure. strength you know, forgetting about what God can do for me and the help that I can get through Him. Um, so I did a lot of things that I wasn't proud um, about then until, again, well, five years later, God gave me my husband. I met my husband. And having my husband, um, you know, I looked at it, he gave me a good man. And made me realize how good, how kind, how loving he is, regardless of how far we turn away from him. So I've rededicated back my life to him and um growing from strength to strength in him mm-hmm. Lord. So I am passionate about sharing the God that sees, the God that knows, mm-hmm. the God that hears, and the God that lifts us up when we are down hmm. and I'm proud about that
1: Has God brought healing or, or bringing healing to you with regards to your fiance?
0: Yes he has, definitely I, um, I have um, for a long time it was hard for me to uh, share that to talk about it um, but when I did it was like a weight lifted off me. And I know that was something a lot of people did not realize what I went through, what I had gone through. Um, I do remember um, I was asked one time to, um, and I have always offered that I am willing, you know, whether it be like a talk on suicide, um, to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, to talk. talk and about yeah. I was given an opportunity some years ago on Suicide Week. Um, I don't know how the lady who uh, initiated Miriana uh, Taikoko knew about it, but I was asked to, on talkback radio, and um, the feedback I got was just so overwhelming after oh, that. Yeah. And usually from previous um, talkbacks they've had, um, there were a lot of questions from people, yeah. but I think in my... Um, on the show um, I had covered every bit of area that they needed to know that there was no questions asked because according to them I had um, given everything to them and but it was also um, just the support I got from people and a lot of them coming up to me you know in town just giving me a hug um, in the streets um, telling me how they never knew that I went through something like that. But um, Like I said, I am so grateful that we have a God that loves us. And like I said, looking back, he was always there. He never left me, I actually left him. And I think for all of us out there, there are a lot of us like that, that he sits there and he's waiting for us to come back to him. If you're out there listening, And you have the same story as I have and I think a lot of us do. I was just at a funeral yesterday and uh, listening to the children sharing their stories brought back memories of my own story and what I say what I mean by that is their life story was exactly like mine. Um, We can be brought up in the church does not mean we are saved until we accept Jesus, repent from our sins, turn away from all those and accept him from as our personal Lord and Saviour. So my advice is there if you have not done that it's not too late to do so turn to Jesus repent from our sins and accept him as Lord and Saviour of your life because Jesus is the answer to Every situation of our lives
1: Now you spoke about an evangelism group yes. Tell us about that
0: Yeah I am also part of our evangelism um, group um, So the evangelism explosion Has uh, been a part of our church um, Which was exa- um, I'm not sure exactly what year it was set up but I wasn't part of the original group then It was set up by one of our former um, um Reverend uh, Makara So he was passionate about uh, evangelism So this was set up in the church and um, I believe it was during this time that my dad was actually born again mm. and received Christ Wow. I mean, Dad has his own story to share about that, but mm. I truly believe that. That's what I'm saying. You know, you can be an automator you can be a deacon for so many years, but the realization of actually meeting Jesus one day is, you know, even if it takes that long. Mm. But um, that's yeah,
1: because right. Jesus is the way, the truth, and yes, the life. life no yeah. one comes but to the Father except, except through, through Jesus. Him. Exactly. So no matter what you've done, how many verses you've learned. learned unless you are born again Again. and receive Jesus into your heart as your savior definitely you're not
0: saved you're not saved Mm. so I believe this is when so they were um, him and my uncle Tokana which is uh, one of his brothers they were part of that team so they actually started the evangelism explosion so it was Mm. years later um, and they would travel they'd been into the homes um, to the outer islands um, and then years later, I must say it probably was dormant after the Reverend left us. Um, it may have been picked up, but probably wasn't as strong as, as it was then. Yeah. So um, we are now part of um, Evangelism Explosion New Zealand, and a group of them came down here to help us revive the, the EE team again. And they ran um, these training workshops for us. The whole concept of uh, EEX um, is on-the-job training, is to share our faith um, with others, so that they may also share that. So the whole idea is to multiply it. It's not just the one-on-one where we share the gospel and our faith to others about receiving Jesus Christ, um, but also that... They are trained, we train them also to do the same to others so that it multiplies. Um, Because if we look in Acts, um, you know, the disciples were sent down to multiply and they did multiply exceedingly. So that's the whole concept, the whole idea of E.E. Explosion.
1: Do you believe in the Holy Spirit and the need for the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes, definitely.
0: Yes, I do. Well, the Holy Spirit indwelling in us once we've accepted Jesus Christ, I believe he lives within us, he resides in us, so he guides us and he leads us and I truly believe that because even in um, circumstances that I face, um, you know, everyday challenges of life, um, with the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I usually am able to discern, you know, like um, what I see before me, um, the good and the bad. um, I want to say that um what's the word i actually want to say um, um i feel it um even like um when i'm sharing sometimes or even if i am on my turn um, to present a um, sermon in church um, i get these emotions that take over me sometimes when i'm preaching or delivering a message and when i look out to the congregation sometimes it's like I can see um, from Jesus' point of view um, when he's sharing it, you know, the love that comes from him in his word and that when we um, allow it to to work in us, it's just so, um, it's beautiful. And it's, um, you know, it gives you this um, feeling of um, satisfaction to know that they know Jesus the way that you know them. What's your vision or dream for the Cook Islands? Um, that we are one people, one nation, with God, and that Jesus reigns as our Lord and Saviour in our hearts and in our lives. That's my vision for all the people of the Cook Islands, through our work, um, not just mine, yours as well, and sharing that Gospel, sharing our faith, To help them really understand um, That Jesus loves us And we know that as we see um, You know, so much If we look at that verse For God so loved the word The word so encompasses um, You know, meaning it's not just that little So much That he has that um, love for us so much That he wants us to be with him Mm. He wants us to accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Amen.
1: What would be your uh, most important message or encouragement you would like to leave with our listeners today, or even a verse?
0: Again, my favorite verse has always been um, John three sixteen, um, because John three sixteen, and we look at this verse um, for God so loved the world. You know, again, like I said, I cannot. Um, Say how much that word so means. He mean you know he loves us so much, and that love is shown through the sacrifice that he gave the Son Jesus Christ. And we know Jesus was sinless, and we, you know, mankind, with all the sins that we have done. And, you know, he was willing to give his son to be sin for us, to take that upon himself. To pay the debt that we owe and you know if we look back and reflect on the things that we have done in our lives you know and we have to account for that and jesus dying on the cross for us you know he's taken that away from us and he's told us that he doesn't remember this anymore but we need to um You know, in my life, I look up to Him as my role model and it's my advice that I give to my children, even at Sunday school, as a uh, Sunday school teacher. I always ask the children to look to Jesus as a role model, to, um, you know, wherever they go out, when they see something, help a friend, you know. um, Sometimes we think that it's not enough our business that what, you know, they are doing, but it is our business because we know Jesus, but they don't know Jesus and, you know, that His light may shine through us, that it is reflected through us. And that's also my intention, that I hope that people can see Jesus in me. If this testimony has raised matters you would like to discuss more, please message the Evangelia Show podcast. And if you would like to hear this testimony again, or other life changing testimonies, subscribes to the Evangelia Show podcast on podcast or Spotify. Kia mita ki to ora e kia manuia. Yay, koko!